All right, friends, welcome to episode 12 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. As always, huge shout out to our listeners in Montana, Croatia, Jamaica. Uh, special shout out to everyone in Ireland. Why not? Ireland, you get a shout out in the intro today. Uh, my name's Clayton Croker. We are coming to you live from Saskatoon. To my left, we have uh, Justin, don't call me Mr. Anderson. And we have, uh, of course, the Maritime Mistress Maker, Patrick Marsh, joining us via Skype in Halifax. How's it going, bud? It's going great. It was raining all day, but I can feel the sunshine coming down, or the metaphorical sunshine <laughs> uh, that is the Toronto Blue Jays. So let's let's do it. <laughs> How is Alan Doyle doing? I assume that every, uh, everyone from the Maritimes is just friends with Alan Doyle. So can you give us an update on him? Uh, no, actually, I haven't seen him lately. Oh, okay, what uh, about what Classified? I, what, <laughs> yeah, what I can tell you is that he's still tweeting. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so I guess he's alive. That's, the boys from Maple Wine are doing good too? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Marit they're out there. How many Maritime Canadian celebrities do you think I can name here? I'm just kidding. Let's, <laughs> Rick Mercer. Yeah, let's get to it. Uh, we're on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash batflipsmapledips. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram now. Look at us go. Yeah. All popular with the cool kids now. BFMD Podcast. That's what you should look us up on Twitter and Instagram. SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play Music, iTunes. Uh, you name it, we are on it. Except for Nexopia. Sorry, Nexopia fans. We just, we can't get on that site. It's too legit. It's, uh, yeah. On today's website, or website, on today's episode, <laughs> it's going great so far. Uh, we're going to uh, recap the week that was. We're going to talk about uh, the farm a little bit. We're going to talk about who's hot, who's not. Uh, basically, we're just going to get into a, a bunch of Blue Jay baseball here. So, fellas, let's get to it. Uh, five and five in the past 10 games. Yeah. We're playing 500 baseball. Who would have thought, hey? Do you think that that is a uh, a good sign that we're playing 500 baseball, or do you really care right now? It's like, you know what, it's later in the year. Teams are so much different now. We played Baltimore twice. Like, who cares? And Casey. So what do you think about this 10-game uh, this <laughs> span here? I'd honestly love it if we lost every single game the rest of the way. Let's <laughs> tank. It's just draft picks, boy. <laughs> Gotta get a higher draft pick. It's all about that draft right now. We're not going to win anything this year, so why win? <laughs> it's the MLB draft, though. So basically, yeah. the first two rounds, you never really those know top what kind ten, of player you're those getting. Those top 10 picks, you're getting somebody like. Very true. We, even with our number 12 pick this year, mm -hmm. we got Jordan Groshans, and he's playing very well so far. We'll talk about him a bit later. So, I mean, those those first round guys, at least you'll, you'll, see, some, you'll see some hype and at least give them the fans a bit of something to talk about and us Patrick, <laughs> Patrick the fact we're playing 500 baseball does that excite you a bit or are you like Justin are you on team tank well Patrick got a three exclamation mark so I can see how he feels <laughs> the listeners yeah, I mean... don't know that though thanks for ruining the surprise <laughs> I'm actually very excited and even though after the the Yankees swept us which I believe Clayton you called yeah, yeah um, I think we, all we did we did put the boots to the trash birds and it always feels good to beat up on Baltimore and I hope we can keep that going for the rest of the year because I think we still play them another like six times yeah six times on the road yeah Give me those easy wins. Yeah, we're we're twelve and one against Baltimore, and the, the record against the rest of the AL East is not good. I don't even want to talk. It'll about be it. tough playing in that awesome atmosphere at Camden Yards, though. Oof. Holy shit! All I mean, three thousand fans are going to be really excited in September to man, see the those Baltimore fans. They're the worst. That was heavy sarcasm there. Um, <laughs> let's talk about uh, the Kansas City series, though, yeah. because we split that series two-two. I thought Kansas City was going to take three games, maybe even sweep us. But the fact we split that series, not bad. Uh, what did you like in that series, Patrick? We'll start with you. 
Well, um, I like the fact that our young uh, rookie pitchers are getting some experience. Uh, they definitely got beat up. Uh, we already talked about SRF last week. Um, Barucki didn't really have a great start. I don't know if he's coming back to earth or what, but either way, I love the fact that uh, these guys are getting some real MLB experience against professional you know, batters instead of wasting away in the minors. This is the perfect time for them to come in and get some much-needed experience because they're probably going to be a part of the rotation next year. So mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter how bad they suck right now. It's just all about them learning what works and what doesn't uh, in the, the show. Yeah, well, what's well said. I mean, yeah, we obviously have nothing to play for in terms of um, contention sake, but we do have uh, evaluations and, yeah, like you said, getting these guys some experience. Nothing says no pressure like a team who is, like, what are we, like 30, 35 games back or something, something stupid like that. Like yeah. that. Um, so these guys, they have they have nothing um, hanging over their heads in terms of, of, of like, I need to win this game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's baseball and like they can just go out there and do their thing and that's awesome you are correct it is baseball yeah it is in fact the game <laughs> of baseball um two things here with the kc series uh russell martin back over 200 round of applause Man. for russell martin hey. Hey. Uh, another thing um i still can't go get over the fact that four weeks ago a.k.a. a month ago, uh, you guys said that Kevin Pillar was not a viable option in center field for the Toronto Blue Jays. I will never let that go. Oh, Kevin Pillar's done. He's not fast. His bat's not that great. Kevin Pillar had an amazing series against Kansas City. That clutch home run in uh, Game 2 of the series. In Game 3 of that series, he went uh, 2 for 3 with a walk and a ribby. Game 4 of that series, he was 2 for 4. Mm-hmm. Kevin Pillar, his bat is inconsistent. I will give you that. Yeah. He needs more consistency at the plates. But when you consider how good of a fielder he is, how big of a fan favorite he is, and if he can keep these, you know, these batting stats the way they are right now a cons- in a consistent basis, Kevin Pillar isn't as bad as you guys think. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Great awkward but... silence there, guys. Thanks. I yeah. just, I'm just trying to wrap my head around. You're this right, whole... but listen, a broken clock is right twice a day, or two months a year if you're Kevin Pillar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> suck it, Kevin Pillar. <laughs> no, not suck it. He's good. He's good. What at other a... center fielder out there are we gonna get? Anthony Alford, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather have Kevin Pillar over Anthony uh, Alford. Wouldn't. I know Alford's younger option right now, but Kevin Pillar, I think, still has like two, three good years left in him. Maybe one. I'd say two to three. I think two to three is fair. I'm actually. I'm. Listen, we were. We're clearly. We have trashed Kevin Pillar <laughs> more than enough times. Don't throw me in this. Maybe Stop more than me. Ryan Tapera. No, just hear me out. You two. Listen, Clayton, you're. You were right. Kevin Pillar still got it. We were way too mean on him, and by we I mean Justin and I, and. <laughs> You know, let's let's see how he does the rest of the year. We will let's talk that. about that uh, base running flop by him. That was a horrible we will talk decision, about that. and that was a great moment for Gibby. Oh, and there that. have been so many good Gibby moments in his uh, final days because newsflash, he's probably going to get fired at the end of the year. Uh, yeah. Ken Giles, though, back to back saves. Uh, do you think he has a chance to be our closer next year? Well, Ken Giles. Um up to date now is 16 for 16 and save opportunities this season between us and Houston. So, I mean, he doesn't blow saves. He just no. blows everything else. Yeah. So don't put him in if it's not a safe situation is the moral of the story. And I mean, 
I I've actually I got to see the last two saves from him, and he, I I think he looks good in that role. I mean, he gets ground, he's getting ground balls. His slider looks really good. Really right good, now. lot of movement. Um, on top of that, hundred mile an hour fastball, a good ninety mile an hour slider is dirty. Mm-hmm. So, I like him in that role personally. Patrick Ken Giles, do you see him on our team next year? Oh yeah, I'll definitely be on our team next year. I I'm not completely sold on him being our new closer just because i just keep thinking back to the stuff that happened in houston and that that i'm really scared i'm really really scared that he is going to self-destruct i know it hasn't happened in toronto yet and he had a couple rough starts and then he's been lights out it just the fact that there is a possibility that ken giles could go off the rails at any time it just it's it makes me not want him to be our closer and just kind of go out and buy one uh, during free agency. Let's talk about the Yankees series here because mm-hmm. uh, that first game, 7-5 loss, but it got called after seven innings. Again, <laughs> we don't care because we are out of it. But uh, do you kind of like it or hate it when those games get called after six or seven innings? Like, Would you rather see them finish the game the next day as kind of like a mini doubleheader? Or do you kind of like it where it's like, you know what, 7-5, seven, seven innings, let's, let's call it. Uh, the reason that they don't... Like, a game has to go five innings for it to be an official game. The reason that they don't continue them unless they're tied, then they'll suspend it. If a team is up and five innings are complete, they'll suspend it because they don't want to risk... I mean, it's it's a roster thing, right? It's pitching. It's mm-hmm. you have you have you have to call somebody up. You have to send somebody down. It's it's a it's just a gong show when that happens. So that the reason that they call it is mainly due to just roster concerns. Uh, and I mean, for me, I as an umpire, once I'm not sure how the MLB rules work if the league has to call it, but for me as an umpire, once I receive the lineup cards, mm-hmm. the game is mine. And if I think the diamond's in shitty shape, I can call it right there. Hmm. I don't even have to wait for a first pitch. Power trip over so, here. I, I've never done that, but that's the rules <laughs> here mm-hmm. in baseball, Saskatchewan anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the, and until I get those lamp cards, it's the home team's decision. Gotcha. So I'm not sure if the Yankees were like, yeah, we, we want to call this, but they, they don't have decision during the game. So it could have been the umpire crew or it could be a Major League Baseball thing. I'm not too familiar with how their rain delay suspension protocol works. So, but But I mean, I don't have any issues with games getting called. Patrick, would you like to see a mini doubleheader in these rain delay games, or are you cool with them being done after seven innings? I think it should just entirely be up to the two managers, and if they agree unanimously, all two of them, they should just call it. I definitely hate seeing a game get called on seven innings where there's only a two-run differential. That's two hits away from being a tie game. I just, it doesn't sit too well with me, but at this point in the season, it's hard to give a shit. And again, I like the idea of both managers, you know, unanimously agreeing to call it. And if they don't, well, then just play it. I mean, it's supposed to be nine innings, isn't it? So, yeah. It could be dangerous. It could be dangerous letting those two managers uh, decide what happens, especially with John Gibbons, <laughs> depending on how much he had to drink that day. Can you imagine if it was Gibby and uh, Buck Walter? Oh my God! Tired, tired. We're playing the game today. No, we're, we're canceling. What are you gonna do now, we're Buck? We're canceling it, Buck. I'll kill you, Buck. Uh, let's talk about the uh, eleven to six. Hammering, hammering we got in game two. Uh, the one stat that really stood out: we left twenty guys on base. 
How do you leave 21 runners on base? It's such a classic Blue Jays oh, move. Have you guys ever, again, even in the good days, have you seen a Blue Jays team that hits well with runners in scoring position? Uh, I'm trying to think of one. That long uh <laughs> just answered my question there. No, we've never been able to hit with runners in scoring position, even in those two playoff years. Can, can you think of a team, Patrick, or no? No, man. Not even like maybe in the uh, when we won back-to-back World Series, just because guys like Johnny O and Paul Molitor were clutch. Yeah, those are two of the best hitters of the last like twenty-five yeah. years with runners on the base. So, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, th- I could you could make a case for that, but since then, no. It just feels like every time <laughs> there's two guys on it's there doesn't even have to be two outs it's just yeah it feels it feels hopeless but maybe that's just because we're in garbage time during the season um i know every but yeah, time 21 21 left on base is scary that's scary i know every that's time scary. i see like a leadoff double i'm always just like we have to if we get one run this thing i'll be so happy mm-hmm. and that's and that, that's crappy that you're just praying to get one guy two bases and three outs well the maximum <laughs> amount of batters that you can leave on base in a game is 27 because three bases, three times yeah. nine, yeah. is 27. Sure. My math is correct there, right? I believe that's right. Uh, so we were <laughs> six under the maximum for <laughs> runners being left on base. Yeah, in theory. That's yeah. horrible. That's pretty... Like, we were mashing the ball, but we could not mash the ball when it mattered. I think that's a classic yeah. Blue Jays move there. <laughs> we can't hit when runners are in scoring position, and our bullpen is bad. Yeah, like, That's what it should say. If if Toronto Blue Jays, if they were a city, it would be, welcome to the Toronto Blue Jays, our bullpen is bad, and we can't score when runners are in scoring position. Yeah, because, I mean, like like you said, the hitters were good. Like, everybody had a hit that game except for Devin Travis, mm-hmm. who played in the game, everyone who played in the game. And, I mean, if we had a few guys who had multiple hits, and – Severino, they had the Yankees got 13 strikeouts, which yeah. typical Blue Jays offense get it hits but strikeout, mm-hmm. right? And we didn't hit the home runs. We were missing the home runs. Yeah, that game. Danny Jansen though, two for four with an RBI. Patrick, was he our best player this week? Do you think? Yeah, man, I love Danny Jansen. I think we should just rename the podcast. Bat flips and Danny Jansen. Okay. And just leave. <laughs> no, I love Danny Jansen. Look, games. we finally have a catcher who can hit, yeah. who's not out there swinging a plastic shopping bag. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and his, he's got some power. Kid's got pop. And now we got Billy McKinney coming out of the woodwork, <laughs> doing stuff at the plate. I mean, this team, we've got so many prospects. Plastic shopping bag, hey? Why do you hate the environment, Patrick? <sighs> I mean, we're already past the tipping point when it comes to global warming. I don't want to get into it, but <laughs> that's the optimism already, I like to hear. We're already we're already circling the drain. Uh, Billy McKinney again, good points, two for four, not a bad debut. All the young Jays who have had their debut this year, it seems Same to have gone really one. well. Uh, one of those guys, pitchers. Sean Reed Foley, he had a not bad debut, but yeah. your boy Justin, he's struggling a bit. What's going on with him? Well, he's in Buffalo now, <laughs> yeah, where, where he needs to be. I mean, that game against the Yankees was. It was tough to watch, uh, giving up the three home runs. And Patrick had alluded to it last week. His first start, he had a bunch of fly balls that were hit to the warning track at Kauffman. And he said that in a hitter's ballpark like Yankee Stadium at Rogerson, he's getting up home runs. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what we saw. The three walks didn't help him. He did strike out six, but, I mean, he gave up seven hits. Two two of his eight runs were unearned because the defense is 
atrocious. We're the, we're a bottom five defensive team. Yeah. And we have been for like six or seven years now, which if you look at the top defensive teams, they're in playoff contention. So doesn't matter how many home runs they hit if you can't defend. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, bad pitching again yeah. because in that 10-2 loss to the Yankees, Ryan Barucki, woof, uh, didn't get out of the first inning. Six earned runs, two walks. His ERA is at 4.27. Who would you rather have right now, Ryan Barucki or Sean Reed Foley? Like, if we had to play tomorrow, who would you want to start that game? Barucki for me. Barucki, Patrick? Uh, I mean, it, if I have to choose one of them, I guess Barucki. But honestly, at this point, fuck, they're both, they're both really struggling. I don't know what's going on. Do we they, send Barucki down? No, he's up for good. Hmm. It, sending him back down to AAA doesn't do anything except say, hey, you sucked bad enough that we don't want you here anymore. And I think that'd do more damage to Barucki than it would Sean Reed Foley, who True. literally just got called up, had two starts, didn't really go that great, and he knows it. Yeah, um, Bar- Barucki's had some amount of success up to this point. Um, but then I can remember turning that game on I think that was the Sunday game. Yes. Yeah. Thinking like, all right, this will be all right. And (laughs) it was already like 6 nothing. Yeah. And he didn't even record an out, and I thought, oh, my God. But he took it all in stride. When he was sitting there on the bench, he wasn't there, uh, like, uh, his head in his hands. He was just sitting there thinking – you know, what went wrong and what can I do better? It's good to see that these guys can go out there, take an absolute beating, and still be willing to sit down and watch the rest of the game, see what happens. I can just picture Patrick right now on Sunday, sitting down on his couch. Well, this should be all right. And then the narrator in the background, but it wasn't, <laughs> well, it wasn't. all right. <laughs> man, that exactly was bad. what happened. I just want to point out Kevin Pillar was two for four that game. But yeah, he's awful. We should get rid of him, sure. Um, T. Oscar Hernandez, we need to talk about this. Because last week on the podcast, we were talking about how this guy has got to limit the strikeouts. Yeah, he's on issues. what does he do uh, in that 11-6 game? He went one for five three strikeouts uh in that 10 to 2 game he went over four with two strikeouts yeah what do we do with t oscar hernandez we can't send him down because he has mlb talent but what how are we gonna fix his swing how are we gonna fix his uh patience at the plates like what are we gonna do with him patrick i have a question for you on this uh what should we do with our hitting coach mr uh brooke jacoby what should we do with him why did you even ask him that we should fire him into the sun. Oh my God! What is he teaching these guys? Um, how to swing at anything and everything is probably the uh, mentality that he's going in there with right now. I mean, if can you imagine if Teoscar Hernandez had Curtis Granderson's like Play hands discipline? and eyes, he would be An easily all-time. batting two eighty, and he would have at least thirty home runs. It just, they're, uh, God, <laughs> what, I don't know what is going on with the hitting coach. I don't know what's going on. I want him gone super, super bad. It's not like I'm, I take pleasure in that, you know, someone losing their job. It's not that. It's that we, if this team wants to succeed, they can't have players like Teoscar Hernandez striking out like 45 times in a month. Yeah. You can't win baseball games when you're striking out that much. Well, guys like T. Oscar Hernandez, 
that's who we are counting on to drive runs in. And maybe mm. that's why we're leaving so many guys on bases because the guys we rely on, the guys with the reliable bats, the guys with a little bit of pop in their bat, they're not performing when there are runners in scoring position. And they're not even advancing the runners. Like, to Oscar, I don't even mind if you ground out and advance the runner to get him in scoring position, but instead you're yeah. striking out. Like, at least make contact with the ball, man. Yeah, it's tough. He, I mean, he strikes out 30% of the time. Oh, which, man, that's uh, gross. <laughs> it's actually, that's that's his career average. He's, he's that's, a, and that's 7% last, and he struck mm-hmm. out last year, last year, so he's actually lowered it. Um, but that being said, he only walks 7.4% of the time. So, I mean, if that walk rate was five or six percent higher or twice of what it is mm-hmm. then we'd be okay with him striking out 30 percent of the time but because he'd be getting on base more some but other he's not he's, he's he's either whacking it or not hitting it at all some other quick notes on the yankee series gritch daddy two for four in that last game of the series he's has 17 home runs now week, uh justin smoke he is hitting the ball well but he's striking out a little bit yeah. more often now uh anything else you guys want to talk about with that yankee series or no um no i don't think it needs to be touched anymore Let's walk away from that forever. Yeah, I don't want to think about the New York Yankees until we absolutely have to again. <laughs> yeah, fuck the Yankees. Uh, let's talk about Baltimore because, man, do I love the Trash Birds. Oh, thank so goodness for Baltimore. Uh, we swept them. Uh, that 5-3 win against the Orioles. Again, Marco Estrada has been so solid for us the second half of the year. Hasn't been great. But he's been very, very, very solid for us. So that's good. Worked around a lot of jams. Uh, Suns out, guns out, Kendris. Have you noticed that he put his socks up again? Yeah. Um, yep. We'll talk about him in the Who's Hot segment because Kendris is doing some kind of on some kind of streak right now. Gotcha. And then, again, Danny Jansen, six-game <laughs> six hit, hit streak. He extended hitting, it in that game. Yeah. He had another good series against Baltimore, too. Yeah, he's hitting, I think, every game he's been in so far. So. Again, apparently we're renaming the podcast after him, so yeah. so that's really, really good. Um, who did you think stood out the most in that Baltimore series? Because it's easy to stand out when your team is struggling, but when your team plays really, really well, like we did against Baltimore, mm-hmm. uh, Patrick, who do you think had the best series out of all the Jays? Ooh, that's a really good question. Part of me wants to say Kendris because it's just easy, um, but truth be told, we got to talk about Thomas Pannone. Yeah. He oh my well today. God, he was so good today. I know it's I know it's Baltimore, and you know the Trash Birds are a joke, and they're the worst bird baseball team ever. <laughs> um, Panone makes his big league debut as a starter. Uh, he didn't really strike a lot of guys out, but you know what? He did everything he needed to do today to shut down Baltimore. I, I don't know. Whatever it is, it seems like every time we get guys coming up, there's a lot of hype behind them. Uh, Sean Reed fully kind of didn't quite reach Barucky level of mm. godliness, but this <laughs> Panone guy, I'm getting on this train, guys. This guy's our next ace. I'm calling it now. One game. His AAA starts have been really, really good. In yeah, six AAA okay. yeah. starts, yeah. Uh, he's averaging more than 9Ks per nine innings. Um He's only averaging like just, well, let's say two home runs every nine innings, which is high. That's his bad stat right there. But in AAA, he's pitching mm-hmm. not bad at all. Uh, Devin Travis, we haven't mentioned him at all. Um, the 10 games that we're talking about right now, he has played really, 
really, really bad. bad. Devin Travis, what do we do with him? Like again, it's kind of like another T. Oscar Hernandez hey. situation. What do we do with Devin Travis? Our boy uh, Lord Escuriel, who we're gonna give an update on soon, is gonna be back this weekend, so we won't have to worry about Devin Travis. Good in there every day anymore. Yeah, I can't wait for Guriel to come back. There's another superstar we're going to have in the future. Sam Am Benidio? I going too far with this? Am I getting too hyped? You were going too far with Panone being our ace, but, I mean, Guriel does have superstar potential. Uh-huh. I'm not saying he will be a superstar, but he has superstar potential. I don't know if Panone has Who else do you have potential. for us, Patrick? Yeah, like, who else? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's talk about, uh, well, anything else with the Baltimore series? I just want to point out Sam Caviglio going seven innings yesterday with mm. seven Ks and only one walk after having two or three rough starts in a row. Um, I mean, Patrick was firmly on the Caviglio hype train, and then last week he jumped off. And, and this week, are you back on the Caviglio hype train, Patrick? No, man, because Caviglio <laughs> was absolutely terrible in the 6-2 loss to Kansas City. Yeah. He was really bad. I don't, know, I don't know. Like, sometimes it feels like he – it's like he knows what he's doing. He's pitched well at home. Yeah, just – I don't know. He's like, Is he the new Drew Hutchinson who just, like, we can only start him at home? Maybe? That's a pretty good comparison, and that could be true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Clayton? He's the next Brian Tallett. Oh, yeah. I just thought of the most random Blue Jay pitcher that had spot starts once in a while. Remember when Brian Tallett would pitch? Like, it was only in an emergency situation. Like, someone got hurt in warm-up or something. Okay, Brian Tallett, give us four innings. Uh, Mm. That's where I kind of think Gaviglio is going to be like. Uh, He's going to be that kind of, hey, long relief, middle relief. He can do anything in the bullpen. Yeah. But, again, in a pinch, we can use him in a start as well, and it won't be the worst thing in the world. He's Brian Tallett (laughs) 2.0, I think. Uh, Let's get to uh, who's hot, who's not, because that uh, was the week that was. Um, Who's hot right now? Aledmus Diaz. Kind of flying under the radar all season long because yeah. he's been he was hurt for a bit. Consistent again, he was hurt for a bit, mm-hmm. but he hasn't been consistently bad, consistently good, just consistent. Uh, Two eighty-seven since the All Star break. Do you think that Diaz has a future with the team? Because I kind of thought that when he made the roster this year, it was kind of like, okay, he's going to be one of those guys here for a year, year or two are gone. Could he be a, a five, six-year Blue Jay kind of player? I I don't think that long. But until we get all of our prospects up, I think Elenis Diaz will be our backup uh, shortstop next year. I mean, we, we have some questions there with Tulowitzki if he ever plays again, um, whether or not Guriel is going to stick there or not. Uh, but right now, Diaz is playing good shortstop. We have Richard Urania who's up who could play shortstop as well, who's been kind of flipping with Russell Martin at third base. Russell Martin, the third baseman, who... Fantasy people are loving Russell yeah. Martin right oh, now. Oh, yeah, they got really so much are. Right now. Yeah. It's great for him. I think uh, Alenis <laughs> Diaz is like a, another Ryan Goins, you know, that utility yeah. infielder that we can put anywhere. And also his bat is pretty dang it's good. It's streaky. He's, he's, he's cooled off this week. Uh, I believe his average yeah. is over 300 going into this week since the All-Star break. So mm-hmm. he did have a bit of a rough week. But, I mean, he's still playing well. And he plays good. He plays really good defense. Really good defense. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Alenis Diaz, uh, what do you see... What do you see his future like for the Jays? It's hard to say because we've got so much like depth happening uh, at the shortstop position. I think he, I, I'd like him to be there over Urania, who I don't think is quite ready yet. Uh, and I don't we have uh, Kevin Smith? Smith? Yeah, he's in Dunedin still. It? He's a little bit away. Captain Jr. He's away. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's a ways away. Um, and then, yeah. obviously, Bo Bichette is the heir apparent. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think right now we're seeing the best of, of Diaz for the year, and it's because he knows he's playing for a job next year. True. This is all about yeah. showcase. Yeah, for sure. Whether it's the Jays or somebody else, he's putting his best foot forward. Uh, like I said, when it comes to Kendris Morales, it's all in garbage time, so... This is a chance to kind of figure stuff out without having it really negatively impact the team. Obviously, Diaz is tuned into something at bat. He's doing a really good job uh, with uh, being able to see the ball. And he's just, I don't know, like, I didn't think he had power. And he's been hitting a lot of extra base hits lately. So that's kind of surprising. It's kind of like Diaz is pulling in A.J. Burnett's where he's like, you know what? I'm just going to showcase, showcase myself for other teams. I didn't play well at all, but, oh, now all of a sudden I'm good again. God, I hate A.J. Burnett so much. Oh, God, just junk for us for two years in his contract here. Lights yeah. out. So, oh. Yeah, Diaz show, has showed some pop in the past. In 2016, he played in 111 games with St. Louis, and he had 17 home runs. So he's one off his career high at this moment. He's got 16 right now. So he's got a good shot at breaking his career high in home runs. Um, so he does have some power. He's just never been a, an everyday player, mm-hmm. so that's the issue with him. Danny Jansen, uh, his six-game hit streak was snapped today. Huge bummer, but yeah. uh, still got on base with the walk. Today how can too. you not like what he's been doing right now? And and by all accounts, I mean the pitchers. I've I've seen a couple of reports saying that the pitchers like working with him too. He seems like he's he's eager to learn how they like to work. Mm-hmm. He's he's been soaking up everything like a sponge, and obviously having Russell Martin there, who may be the best uh, teaching person for Johnny Jensen to have yeah um is is really helpful and the fact that Russell's been on the mound for or on the at third base for a bunch of the games definitely helps too with that kind of game calling game management Suns out guns out Kendris 13 for 24 five home runs what's going on Uh, with him only three strikeouts Patrick do you think we're actually going to be able to get something for Kendris Morales in a trade now I'm going to be honest with you guys I don't want Kendris to leave anymore (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Crazy he's starting to play really Man, well. Last week, I think all of a sudden, he's got suns yeah. out, guns out, socks up, jocks up. He's doing everything <laughs> he needs to do right now. I know, like I said, it's garbage time. It doesn't matter. But maybe he's figured something out, and this can carry over to next year because we're stuck with his contract one mm-hmm. way or another. So... Whatever, just let him. Just let him hit. Yes. Let him do it. Swing is way better than it was at the start of the year. Like he was missing balls by a mile at the beginning of the year, but yeah. now he's spanking the ball. Like it's not like he's just getting little loop single hits. He's whacking. He it. is whacking the ball. So last week he was two for twenty-one. Ugh. <laughs> and this week he's thirteen for twenty-four. He's batting over five hundred this week with five yeah. home runs, and he's only struck out three times and walked a couple. So I mean. He, he he's he's hitting the ball like very very hard right now. A guy who's kind of in the same situation, uh, Curtis Granderson again, yeah. four thirty eight this week. He went six for seventeen. Um, I'm gonna ask you the same question: Do you think we can get something for Curtis Granderson, or do we even trade him? He, well, he's 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 on revocable waivers. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we did place Kendris on there or not. I don't think we did. We placed. I know Granderson and Smokey are on there. Uh, for sure, but I'm not sure who else. I didn't see reports about Morales. Maybe he was just playing so bad that it wasn't even newsworthy. <laughs> but I mean, Kendris could be a guy like he's got. He's a switch hitting DH with power that we're finally seeing um, in a big streak here, and he's got one year of like I think twelve million dollars left on the contract. Mm-hmm. Not a terrible deal for a team who might need a DH and a veteran leader. 
if we can get anything for him at any point during the offseason or before the trade deadline next year, we take it, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, but I, I don't know. Like Kendris is a good guy to have around just for the leadership aspect, and by all accounts, guys in the clubhouse like him too. Absolutely. So that's my take on it. Patrick, Grandy Man, do we keep him? Do we trade him? Do you think we can get anything valuable for him? I kind of feel bad for Granderson because I feel like he was brought to Toronto for a very specific reason, and it was to provide veteran leadership in the outfield. And when the time came, if the Jays were out of contention, he was going to get traded to a contender because this is probably going to be one of the last years, if not the last year of his career. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he cleared waivers on August 14th doesn't really seem to bode well as far as his trade value goes. Uh, Smoke cleared uh, revocable waivers yesterday, and we'll talk about him a little bit uh, later with regards to his future in Toronto. But yeah, back to back to the Grandy man. I mean, I'd love it if if we could watch him ride into the sunset as a J, but we got to do right by him, and I think it involves him going to a contender, even if it's getting next to nothing for him. We kind of owe him that. Agreed. Because I think yeah. he signed here for a specific reason. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, that's that's a good call. Uh, really quickly, Billy McKinney, 357 uh, this week. He went 5 for 14. Not a bad debut for the kid. And I guess we'll give our bullpen some love, even though I hate some doing that. Uh, Clippard, Garcia, Schaefer, Tapera, zero ERAs this week. Yeah. Ryan Tapera had a zero ERA. You'll never hear those words again. So <laughs> enjoy it. Uh, let's get to the who's not portion here because... You guys have, and again, it's not a we, it's a you guys thing, have Kevin Plar in our Who's Not okay. segment for one base-stealing blunder. <laughs> no, go defend hey, yourself. Hey, I, did, I, did, you guys I didn't put this in here. So I came into the call sheet, and it says, Kevin Pilar becoming a cement head. That's all mad. And then so I said, then I put in there, you'll notice my point, is yeah. batting 407 in the past seven days is he really not hot for one base running mistake? Patrick, I'm defend actually yourself. Gonna, I'm going to defend Kevin Pilar. I'm defend on, I'm yourself, Patrick. All right, listen, it's really easy to ruffle your feathers, and this is what makes for good podcasting. That's why we're doing it. (laughs) That's my defense. No, but in all seriousness, he doesn't deserve to be on this list because of one very, very stupid, very amateur, dumb, idiotic base running error. Um, Gibby already hammered into him. Yeah, he did. And... Yeah, we, we got a little bit of it afterwards. Gibby was talking about it to the press. And the, the issue's done. He doesn't yeah, deserve to be called a cement head or be on the who's not list uh, just because of one base running error. I think in the moment when that happened, I was very upset Patrick because Kevin Plyer's the, the kind of guy that we're supposed to rely on to be able to make the right calls on the base paths. And he just didn't. Cement head is reserved for one person and one person only. Brett Laurie. That is the only person who deserves to be called Cement Head. <laughs> I don't want to hear anyone else being called Cement Head again, especially Kevin Pillar, my boy. 407 in the past seven days. Again, that was the dumbest base running thing you could have done in a tight game like yeah. that, stealing third. What do you like? So dumb. 
So dumb. But every Major League Baseball player has had a base running blunder. It happens. Yeah. Kevin Pillar, I think, has had two really bad ones. I think he's done something like this in the past, like a few years ago, where he tried to steal a third. And again, you guys are right. Kevin Pillar is not as fast as he thinks he is. But when he's tracking a ball, he's really, really fast. When it comes to actually running in a straight line, maybe not. But uh, I don't think Kevin Pillar belongs on the not list. But yeah, we do have to call him out for that. I should t- we should talk about uh, Toot Blands. Toot oh yes, thrown out on this... the baseline like a nincompoop. <laughs> I've never heard yeah, that this before. Was, this was definitely a Toot Bland. If you, if people out there, if you're interested, just go to YouTube and type in T O O T B L A N. You will see a series of catastrophic <laughs> failures on the base paths, and uh, trust yeah. me, you're gonna love it. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Uh, there's there's actually a website that keeps track of Toot Blands. Jose Altuve is actually one of the leaders in Toot Blands. He gets thrown on the base pass like a nincompoop a lot. <laughs> so that's a it's a that's your advanced stat for the day. A Toot Bland, I love it. There's also a fart slam, which is something else that I can't remember, but that's another cool stat. <laughs> Good times. Uh, we talked about Devin what? Travis already. We talked about Teoscar Hernandez. Gritch daddy. He, he had a home run, but four for 23. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. Uh, it's it's weird. It seems like everybody who we had on our hot list last week um, is on the not hot list this week. I mean, I, we ha- I had Gritch on the not hot list because of his strikeouts last week. You guys kind of argued because he had two home runs. Uh, but this week he's firmly on the not hot list because he's striking out way too much. Our boy Tio on there again, yeah. Strikeouts I and Smokey, um, who we'll talk about here now. Patrick, uh, what did you think about the article on Sportsnet that came out today? Can you summarize that for us? Uh, I like it. I like reading about Smoke Daddy, and um, even though we didn't have the best weeks you know shout out to him having a lot of loyalty Mm -hmm. when it comes to toronto he's obviously made himself a home here and i think his was it his second he just had his second daughter he and his wife um just it it was really heartwarming to read that he wants to stay in toronto Mm -hmm. Uh, he said i would love to stay here i played in texas i played in seattle Two really good places to play, but I feel like I've made a home here. We've, uh, the Jays, have been to the playoffs. We've been to the American League Championship Series twice. And I know that feeling in this city when the team's in the playoffs. And to get back to that would be great. And that just, to me, that that $8 million option is just way too tantalizing not to pick up. Let's keep him for a year, give him a shot, see what he can do. Uh, if he has a great season, then we sign him to a three-year deal. By that, the end of that deal, uh, Vladdy Jr., if he hasn't gotten his uh, shit together at third defensively, we can shift him over to first. I love the fact he wants to stay here. That's cool. I really, really like it when people want to stay in Toronto because yeah. that's what I love about Marcus Stroman. He loves Toronto. Mm-hmm. He wants to stay there. Say what you want about his social media and his antics or whatever, but he loves playing in Toronto. Mm-hmm. You want guys that want to love to play in Toronto. Josh yeah. Donaldson is another guy. He's had a very injury-riddled year, mm-hmm. but, I mean, Josh loves 
playing in Toronto. He loves the Blue Jay fans. You want yeah. guys like Justin Smoke that are passionate about it. For so long, when people would go to Toronto, it would be like, okay, this is their last resort. This is their last chance. This is the only team that really wanted them. And they don't want to be True. there. And it showed on the field. Now that culture's kind of changed where people do want to play in Toronto. And it's not just, you know guys on their last chance or guys who are kind of iffy it's guys like Justin Smoke who were all-stars last year you know so that's mm-hmm. got to be a that's got to be a pretty good sign um some other knots here Tim Meza yeah he's been just sketchy all year four yeah, runs and two and two thirds uh Strosho he's been hurt yeah so do we really put him on the knot list if he's hurt Mm, no, that blister is nasty. It's yeah, gross. it is. Put a so picture the, the up on picture. social media. I'm back following Straw on social media again. I can't help myself. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, uh, it's like a the, soap the blister was it was disgusting. Yeah. It was just not pleasant to look at, uh, but not quite as disgusting as Santos giving up four <laughs> runs in one inning. Pitched. Yeah, that was yeah, really he's, bad. And he's gone to AAA now, too. So. Yeah, that's, that's deserved. After, yeah. If you give four runs in one inning and you're kind of on the fence in the bullpen, you need to go down and uh, you need to figure this out. Did we miss anyone on the not list or the hot list? Is there mm. anyone you guys want to add on there? Or? No, I, I don't think so. Um, we should have this the middling list. Like That's the Russell Martin territory right there. Who's mediocre? Russell Martin. But we know that, so that's no surprise. He's been on the not list so much that I almost feel yeah. bad. No, I, I think that's probably about it. All right, we got five more minutes to talk about uh, some other news, mm-hmm. some injuries, the farm reports. Uh, John Gibbons won't be fired before the season, but uh, you got to think he's done, right? Yeah, like they're going to revisit his situation after we've played our final game, and I, I think the whole coaching staff is going to see a big overhaul because mm-hmm. you're going to see a new manager coming in and want to bring in new hitting coaches that he likes. And I, I can't see Pete Walker or Brooke Jacoby remaining there. Maybe our bench coach, maybe Luis Rivera, our third base coach, maybe Tim Leifer. But I think our hitting and pitching instructors need to be swapped out for some fresh, some fresh minds. Do we dare ask Patrick what our what he thinks about our coaching situation? <laughs> uh, honestly, like I know everybody's been like, "Oh, Gibby's not going to be back" and everything like that, but. He knows what's coming. I know he probably doesn't want to go through the growing pains. Um, call back to our episode title. Uh, but, you know, he's had a lot of success here. The reasons for a, a bad season last year and this year, a lot of it can be attributed to injuries. Look at all the injuries to our pitchers over the yeah, last two mm-hmm. seasons. It's been bad. It's been bad enough, and I really do believe that if we had had you know, Aaron Sanchez pitching the innings that Joe Biagini was out there giving up, you know, whatever to get up to that uh, 6.66 ERA he had last week. That's, I mean, it's a different season altogether. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Gibby knows that. And I just can't imagine why he would just give up uh, such a great job in a great city that loves him with players that love him, that want to play hard for him. Well, we got to give a big shout out to Luke Maley here too, back from paternity leave. Congrats to Luke and uh, his wife Paige, uh, baby girl Evelyn. Yeah, Aww, great she's name. Cr- she's uh, pretty cute. Saw a mm-hmm. picture on Twitter. Uh, Justin Schaefer promoted to the bullpen. Yeah, um, not playing so bad. He's got two walks and two He's innings pitched, pitched. Two, two scores uh, innings. but zero runs. Not bad. So Justin Schaefer, there we go. Uh, let's, the show, bud. let's talk about our minor league system here. Yeah. Uh, Vladdy and AAA. We haven't really talked about AAA version of Vladdy, but he's batting three sixty five in Buffalo. Eleven walks. 
Yeah. I didn't know that Vladdy had that good of an eye. He's, but he's had it all throughout his career. Like, mm-hmm. like they always say, like he's got his dad's pop, he, and he can hit any baseball. But he's also got plate discipline that he just won't swing at those bad pitches like his dad mm-hmm. would have. <laughs> would you call Vladdy up in September, Patrick, or do you just let him finish the season in AAA? No, I'm sticking to what I said uh, last week and the week before. I'm going to say our starting third baseman next year against the Tigers in March mm-hmm. will be Vladdy. Yeah. And oh. it's going to be glorious. Totally agreed. <laughs> uh, do you think Bo Bichette will be on that roster as well? Because uh, he's batting 278 overall. He was slumping for a bit, but yeah. it's 308 in the past 30 days. Uh, he's setting all kinds of franchise records for the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. Yeah, the doubles record. I said on the podcast a few months ago that Bichette will be in the Jays' starting or opening day lineup next year. Yeah, I, I was... still think he will be. I was kind of a doubter, but I'm I'm friendly with you now that he's he's showing at least in double A that maybe he could he maybe he'll get promoted before to triple A for for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um or maybe we just call him up in September and he plays at the big club. That could yeah. be an option too. I mean, we've only got another week left in August. So we could see him just finish up with the Fisher Cats um and then come up in September at some point. We might just leave him down there for their playoff run, though. Why not, right? That's very true. Uh, uh, do, you, do you think Bo Bichette's yeah. going to be on our team next year? Like the opening day lineup there, Patrick? Um. Oh, God. I would love it, but I don't think it's going to happen because there's such a heavy log jam mm-hmm. of players we have under control at uh, shortstop, and it just wouldn't make sense to have him start over, you know, Diaz if we if we keep him. And um, uh, I get, well, maybe there isn't anybody else. Too low if he's still alive. Salarte. Well, yeah, but Salarte is mostly a, a third baseman, isn't he? Yeah, third base, second base. He can play there too, though. Um, the big thing is going to be what's going on with Tulo, because he's going to have first dibs on reclaiming that spot. If you're paying a guy twenty million bucks, he's going to have a shot to get his job back. Exactly. Yeah. One thing yeah, too, Kavon, Kavon Biggio, uh, he's been kind of flying under the radar because of Vladdy and Bo Bichette mm-hmm. and all of our other uh, big name prospects. But again, Kavon Biggio has got 26 home runs and 92 RBIs. He's doing really, really good in the minors. Yeah. Uh, so is Jordan Groshans. Uh, he has been promoted to the Gulf Coast League, to Bluefield. Uh, still rookie ball, but he's been yeah. really, really good for us so far. Uh, that's the good. Let's talk about the bad. Sean Reed Foley sent down to AAA. He had two really, really bad starts for us. He could be back soon. He's going to be kind of going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Reed Foley, do you think if he pitches really, really well in AAA, does he get the call up again in September or even like you know mid-September? Yeah, I, I see him coming back up just because we're going to need a starter, um, especially if Stroman's on the DL for if he misses a couple starts. We'll need somebody to fill in that spot. Uh I'd like to see Sean get – he'll get a shot in September. I think he'll get a couple more starts at least just to see if, if, if he can at least uh, shake off the walks and get get the ball down in the zone a bit more. Sanchez is coming back on Saturday. They just announced Ooh. that. Um, he had a shitty outing in double-A. Like he threw less than half his pitches for strikes, walked four guys, hit a batter in four and a third innings, but they're bringing him back. So, I mean, they're, I think they're, they're most concerned about the pitch count. And he threw 86 pitches, so – his arm's back to where it needs to be in terms of stamina. Mm-hmm. But whether or not he can last deep in a game and not give up a crap ton of walks remains to be seen. 
and Guriel's also rehabbing in AAA. He could be back on Friday. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness. Thank God. Uh, when it comes to Marcus Stroman's injury, uh, again, that blister, gross. If you want to see it, we posted it on our Twitter and stuff, right? Yeah. It's disgusting. We it's really, it. really gross. Um, should we just shut him down for the year? It doesn't matter at this point. Uh. I don't know if we'll shut him down. We might see him make two starts in September because I think he's going to miss probably two, three weeks with this thing just to let it – because that finger is going to have to heal up and the skin's going to be super soft. Mm-hmm. So he can't pitch. It'll just do the same thing right away. Patrick, your boy, Marcus yeah. Stroman, what do you think? I think we should shut him down, but I have a bigger gripe as far as what's going on with our pitching. I don't understand why we're not calling up our guys who are really close to being ready and just protecting them by giving them limited innings in the bullpen. We already have it's Jaime Garcia in the bullpen. He could easily start for us. Yeah. We clearly don't give a shit if we win or lose. Same with, um, you know, wheel out uh, Joe, 7 ERA, Biagini. Who cares at this point? Give give these younger guys a chance to figure their stuff out in limited appearances. Um, it's not about protecting stats or anything like that at this point. It's about... Don't put them out in Yankee Stadium and expect them to, you know, strike out, you know, Giancarlo Stanton in their first or second appearance. Yeah, like, yeah. it just seems a little silly to me. I, I get it. Like, Barucky had a good start, and he, he faced some, you know, tough teams. I just, I feel like they should be calling up any pitcher who is in our prospect pool who is, you know, close to to being ready and just put them in our bullpen right now to kind of bolster that part of the lineup and then give these other guys like Biagini and, and Garcia, just give them the ball and then shut down Stroman. Yeah. The, the problem with the problem with doing that is I, I kind of agree with you, but we saw we've like Thomas Pannone pitched three appearances in the bullpen and he had a couple of rough ones. And then we see him start where he's comfortable and go seven innings. I granted against Baltimore, but he's a starting pitcher. I mean, I think starting pitchers should start. I don't. I don't. I, I like what we did with Aaron Sanchez um, when his first year he pitched in the bullpen mm-hmm. because we didn't need a we didn't need a starter. We had Ari Dickey. We had Mark Burley. We had guys. We had we had Stroman. Uh, we had guys who were pitching that year who were doing well. Um, we didn't need them in the in the rotation, and they wanted to limit his innings a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with Thomas Pannone, he's just working his way back. Um, I think he needs to start just to get innings. I like starting pitchers to start. That's my opinion on the matter. True. I do like starting pitchers to start as well. Uh, last thing we'll talk about today, Josh Donaldson uh, running the bases. He's trying to make a comeback for this yeah. season. Um, last question, does Josh Donaldson get traded before September 31st? Slim to none. Okay. It's, I, don't, I don't know. It, it's tough. If I'm an executive, I'm having a hard time trading for a guy who hasn't played in three months. Really. True. Um, he, by all accounts, he's healthy again. He's supposed to start rehab games. I think if he gets two, two or three rehab games in, uh, before there's gonna be scouts galore at those rehab games. Yeah. Uh, from other teams, and we might see somebody just take a flyer on him and hope for the best. True, Patrick, Josh Arnoldson. Do you think he's a J for the remainder of the year? Or is he gone? Earlier in the week, I was talking to Justin about this, and I said that Josh Donaldson has probably played his last game as a J. Mm-hmm. But he reminded me that. There are some opportunities close to the end of that uh, second trade deadline window where we we could see J.D. get some at-bats with the Jays. 
Yeah. But I think no matter what happens, I I would be absolutely dumbfounded if he finished uh, the season in Toronto. It wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Get anything for him. The the thing we can do is at least we can give him a qualifying offer, and then if he leaves in free agency, we'll get a we'll get a compensatory draft pick out of him. So we'll yeah. at least get something. But I'd like to see him traded. I I want to see him traded, but I just don't know if he will. It's Agreed. tough. Agreed. Tough for me from a from an executive standpoint to make the, to pull a trigger on that guy. And with that, uh, that is episode twelve of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. Uh, it's been a blast again, Montana. We love you, Jamaica. <laughs> we love you. What was the country that I added to that list? Again? Ireland. Today. Ireland. We love you. How could too. I forget about you? I totally didn't just make that up on the spot. Uh, <laughs> Ireland, we love you as well. Um, Facebook.com slash Batflips Maple Dips. Instagram, Twitter, at BFMD Podcast. Spotify, Google Play Music, iTunes, SoundCloud. And we are on Nexopia now. I just made it happen. Yeah, awesome. If you're still on Nexopia, Get grow off. the fuck up. That's all I'm going to have to say right there. But uh, <laughs> for Justin Anderson, for Patrick Marsh, for Alan Doyle, uh, this is Clayton Croker. We will uh, see you next week. <laughs>